Welcome to the Easy Podcast. I have a very special guest today. I have Camden County head basketball coach Mark Harnley on the line, also the athletic director. Coach, how's it going? It's good. All right, so if we keep this thing going, you get bonus points for every Groundhog Day reference. So I'm going to start it off with Ned Ryerson, and then I'm going to ask you, if you would, Whoa. talk to me about your per- that first Uzi. <laughs> Ned Ryerson. Uh, Ned. Take me through uh, the, the first couple years you, you got into Camden, what that was like, and kind of building into how you got the Camden County high school job and uh, kind of what those first couple years were like getting getting it rolling. Well, I had worked at East Carolina undergrad and grad school for Coach Payne. Um, then my first job out of college was in Jacksonville at Richlands High School. I was a JV coach and varsity assistant under Jeff Page, who was awesome. He took me under his wing. I learned so much that first year. His wife basically adopted me as a child and cooked me dinner basically every night and and really you know they really looked out for me the difference there was like I got to ready-made players like those kids could already play and I just kind of tinkered with some little things about their game and those kids were very knowledgeable and disciplined and naturally aggressive the summer after that you know of course I wanted to be a varsity head coach and I saw Scott Jones at the coaches clinic and he let me know that Camden was open, and at 24 years old, I said, yeah, I'll roll up there and 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 turn that thing around. And when I got there, it was a culture shock. You know, kids didn't know basic basketball terminology, uh, very undisciplined. I think they had won like six games in three years prior to me getting there, and it, it was really just a mess. Uh, I had a great freshman class, though, that, of course, that you played in uh, that graduated in 99. But when I got there, that that was the promising thing. I wasn't looking at what was there. I was looking at, you know, where we could be. And then when you guys were seniors in 99, we went 26 and three with probably the most talented team that, that I've still coached in the 24 years there. I like hearing all that, Coach. That last part was was great, man. Uh, we we could say that over and over again, uh, like Groundhog Day. But um, but uh, what would you know? Let's talk about your first season because that first season was rough, man. And you know, a lot of times, like you said, it was culture shock. Obviously, not from a perspective of moving back to the county because you had lived here before, but more a culture shock in terms of the basketball knowledge and the prowess of what had been the standard of the program and talk to me about that first year because your first year you know didn't go great it it was rocky road at the beginning and it was a 2-20 and record and what was the pressure you were feeling about this young guy coming in that's probably younger than a lot of people wanted changing things around creating a new system what kind of pressures did you feel and what was it like navigating through that your first season I didn't feel a ton of pressure. Uh, I'm a very confident person, and I'm confident in what I do, and I believe in the things I say. You know, I, I was concerned that the people in the stands that really don't know a ton about the game were, you know, second-guessing things that I did. And I knew what was going to happen. You know, I knew that freshman and sophomore class, and we actually lost a couple sophomores that were really good players a, a year ahead of you that – you know, I knew it was going to be something 
because y'all bought in immediately because I was different than anything y'all had ever been even near good and bad. But I I knew what was going to happen. I I just wanted folks to be just, you know, moderately patient. You know, I, I really don't, don't care, you know, what, what fans think, you know, I, I would have, I should have done some more things differently that first year. Looking back, you know, I, I kept a lot of kids and tried to, you know, pacify the juniors and seniors to bring y'all along more slowly. And I wish I had just made every freshman move up and we had just started building from there. That's a, that's a tough trigger to pull though, isn't it? And, and I have to think that's, I mean, we talk about it all the time, but that's kind of a constant what do you do? You know, there, there's pluses and minuses to each. Have you found that that's been a tough decision every single year that you've coached, or is it easier in waves with certain classes? Every year it's difficult. What what makes it easy is if there's like a really strong grade with a weak one ahead of it. Uh, but if each class is fairly equal, and, and the toughest part is if you've had guys – that have been consistent with their effort and workouts and practice, and they've really tried to improve. Uh, when they're juniors and seniors, there's a freshman or sophomore really close to them that you think that maybe a little bit better, but you have some loyalty to the kid that's really been a grinder for you. You know, it is a tough decision. You know, you, you don't know how they're going to handle the pressure, young kids, of playing with older kids. Uh, I'm leaning more to that, though. I'm leaning for more towards, uh, you know, throw those guys in the fire uh, early and, you know, things can work out. But again, you know, juniors and seniors that have done everything they're supposed to do, you know, their position is safe. But, uh, you know, at at some point, man, the best eight, nine have to play. Building on that, I think there's going to be a lot of our our kids that are going to listen to this and listen to this podcast probably more than any I've done. And, I'd almost like you, them to hear you say, let's take talent out of the equation, Coach. What are the three things you rank as the most important for what you're looking for in a varsity basketball player, taking talent out of it? Throw talent out? Yep. I mean, attitude, work ethic, and self-discipline, which attitude and self-discipline are kind of connected. Uh you know, your attitude, obviously, you know, it's, it's cliche, but man, a positive attitude, a super confident kid that can't play at all, they're dangerous because they think the next shot is going in and, and maybe it does. Uh, so, so that attitude that man, I'm going to kick this guy's butt in front of me is, is, is unreal work ethic, man. I put in a ton of time. Like if, if kids can't watch me and say, Man, like he cares about us getting better. You know, he's getting up every morning. He's worked to get these two shooting machines. He's, you know, does whatever, takes us to camp. You know, I I want, you know, you're not going to match it. Like kids aren't going to match my work ethic or love for the game. But when they're in there, you know, they can do their best to get, you know, to get better. Is, Is every workout mandatory? No. But getting better is mandatory. And then finally, the self-discipline thing. You know, we got, we got a lot of guys walking around that are taking the easy way out many times. You know, I'm going to miss this workout to go to the beach or 
I'm going to miss this workout to play a video game or whatever. Well, that stuff is always going to be there. You know, I need people that are disciplined enough that, that they care. And at the end of the day, like can say, I did all I could, you know, one of my favorite all time players, definitely top three is Chad Pinnell. And he was a point guard. He graduated in 02, uh, five, seven, 120 pounds. Don't forget, and, caught a ride from me in my 1987 Dodge Shadow to get the workouts. Got to, got to throw that in. Well, that is, he actually got dropped off many a day as a sixth grader, and then picked up and taken, you know, to yeah, that, uh, the middle true. school also. Yeah, but this Brady kid was a grinder. Well, I overheard. You know, I'm always lurking, looking to scare somebody or just, you know, hear some good stuff. And I heard a kid after a workout in the lobby say, man, why you work so hard? Ain't like you're going to go play college basketball. And his response was this. When I'm done playing here, I want to be able to say I made myself as good a player as I could possibly be. And that was a 16-year-old child that had that attitude and, and that kind of discipline. And when it was all said and done, I feel like he maximized his talents. And, and that's what I want in a player. I'll take that kid over a talented kid any day. And even if that talented kid beats me, I'd rather coach that kid. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that kind of speaks volumes to everything. Uh, would you like to hit on maybe just I, – I don't want to condense how, you know, the – the 65 years you've been coaching at Camden for as old as you are into a short amount of time. Um, but uh, will you want to hit on some high notes, maybe just like a three to five high notes of your coaching career where, you know, you're just ecstatically happy with whatever the result may be, even if it wasn't winning, just uh, maybe some things that stick out as some highlights. Um, many things. When you guys turned it around your second year, that was big. I knew that's when the thing was getting ready to get going. Uh, you know, we went two and 20 my first year. We were like one and eight to start the second year. And, and then we just got on a little bit of a roll. You know, we beat Williamson at our place, uh, which was big. Like they were really, really good. And we beat them at our place and executed a great game plan. And, you know, then you guys went 26 and three, which was kind of the, you know, the, the fruit of all our labor for those four years. Um, then, you know, beating Northeastern for the first time in school history in, in 2002 uh, when we didn't even have a gym to practice in until after Christmas. We played all games away and practiced in a, a you know, on a tile floor gym or in our gym with sweatshirts on because we had no heat. We played all these away games and went to Northeastern, and at that time they were really good. And Chad Pinnell played virtually the perfect game. You know, I think he hit every shot, hit both ends of a run one and one to put us up big. Uh, it just happened to be my hundredth victory at Camden. That was huge. Um, oh, that's great. And then we we just had some really good stuff along the way because each team is so different. That you know what I enjoy coaching most is trying to figure out what works best for this team. You know, I'm not fortunate enough or you could say i'm so fortunate that i have i don't get the same batch of kids every year you know i could have a big team i could have a small team i could have a really athletic team i could have a team that could really shoot and maybe a team that couldn't shoot uh and and the great thing is each one is different and has its own identity you know i can go through the senior classes from from 96 
on until this year and and everybody's identity is so different and the personalities of these groups are so different you know it's tough to pinpoint you know little things uh you know we after y'all left we went through a period where we didn't have a ton of like player players like y'all had where we had to grind it out man we won a lot of 42 38 games in a stretch of like 60 straight conference wins where we just had to just defend people because we couldn't score. Uh, and, and we just found ways to win. And, and those are super rewarding. Uh, but I think that, I, I th- you know, we made it to three sectional finals and lost all of them. But in 2005, when Brett, Chad's brother, uh, hit a step back three at the buzzer at Plymouth to send it in overtime. And then we won, eventually won in overtime to go to the regionals. And then we ended up going six times in 10 years. Uh, I think that was a turning point and along the way. You know, you can just, you know, there's so many different things that that happened to us. You know, we had an 1800 point score. We had in Ricky Craniac, we had a division one post player that's like third all time in Campbell's gr- career games played in Preston. We've had a bunch of thousand point scores. I think we've had, let's see, we had junior. We had Preston, we had Shaq, we had Zach Robeson, Jr. Who am I missing? Uh, you're on five right now, as I'm counting. Yeah, Ricky. What's Preston. the lefty point guard, Jake? Did he get a thousand? Nah, he didn't get a thousand. But yeah, and then you bring out Jay. Like he's one of my favorite all time. You know, that's a five seven 110 pound kid up there and people are going crazy because he's lighting them up like we can't figure out what to do with this guy you know that's that's the beauty of all those hours that nobody knows about that happen in the gym with kids just like that that would get cut at a lot of places and end up kicking those teams butts uh you know when they finally develop it's the Ned Ryersons of the day that come in day after day after that's day that's right with Sonny and Cher day. every day Sonny and Cher wakes me up and it's a beautiful thing uh so hey coach i want to talk about um we've been talking about seniors for the last few seconds and i I do want to say before i move on to that though i'll tell you one of the proudest moments of me was getting to see you and coach jones in the murphy center when it was first built when you first made the regionals when it was in Menjis, and i got to be the host for that that was just an amazing experience to have y'all there for those couple years in a row when i was you know moving and navigating around the gym and have you guys there that was incredible and if it wasn't for a corner, what was it? A corner bank shot three from um, Aiden Griffin. Who was that? Aiden Griffin. Aiden Griffin. Gosh. Well, there was know, a lot of things uh, leading up to that. that uh, yeah. But, you know, I, I can, there's a lot of regional games I go, man, what if that happened? What if that happened? I wish, honestly, you know, one of my regrets is not soaking that in enough. You know, I, I was so worried about winning that I don't know that. I, I soaked in those experiences enough. You know, I remember those kids and I remember fun times with those, but those actual games that, you know, that they've, you know, lost a little bit of the, you know, just yeah. the luster. I wish I had, you know, been a little more conscious of everything going on around me instead of just let's win this game. Be in the present sometimes and, uh, you know, know what your team needs with, whether they need uh, the pedal to the gas and a kick in the butt or to loosen them up, especially in such a change of culture like playing in Menjis coming from Camden. That's a that's a tough transition for any kid that you would have coached throughout all your years, I would imagine. 
as, yeah, as I assume like, it was for you coming from Camden to play pickup there for the first few times. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that was – it was like a dream come true. I spent so much time in Minji's, you know, doing a little bit – doing everything, you know, all kinds of, you know, things in Minji's. You know, I taught in there. I uh, coached basketball in there. I freaking swept that floor I don't know how many times. Yeah. I rolled laundry across that court. I filmed, you know, every little thing. And, you know, it was a dream come true to, to, to get back there and play. But I think we were a little bit big-eyed every time. You know, a couple, you know, RJ and Preston, which were seniors the year of the uh, Aiden Griffin game, you know, they had been there three straight years. Yep. So their senior year, we were much more prepared for the moment. And especially those two guys, you know, those two guys that night played out of their mind. Yeah. Uh, we just didn't, you know, just some some breaks. Um, but again, looking back on it, you know, I, you know, obviously I'd want to win, but I'm not going to second guess things we did or anything like that. It is, it is much different. You know, I tried to change shooting backdrops. So we went to ECSU coach Walker, let us in there to practice. Yeah. You know, there's no, you can't simulate that game night when, you know, you look around, it's like when Ollie and the boys walked into the Butler field house and Hoosiers. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I, I, disagree with the fact that you just measure the goal and tell them hey it's the same everything's gonna be fine i, I absolutely yeah. i mean love gene hackman like I, but everybody doesn't have a jimmy chitwood that's gonna go 15 for 15 on three shots that they show from different camera angles so yeah. Yeah. um well, he's with a flat ball so i mean yeah um, ridiculous confidence i, I want to jump back real quick coach just to finish the point on the seniors and i, I want to talk about the seniors last season um, and I specifically want to touch on Anthony Cordy, but just as an, an overall, can you talk about the seniors that you graduated last season and about their efforts for the team? Well, seniors from last year were a, a special bunch. I, I feel like because, you know, my son graduated from high school last year too. I'd known those kids since they were fourth graders, you know, we had a, a AAU basketball team that, you know, Brock and Jr. played on as fourth grader. So, you know, I've known I've known those kids since they were like teeny little kids playing, you know, baseball or whatever. Uh, so it was a special group. You know, it, it started out there were six of them from Camden, and I ended up with base Brock and Jr. that were on that team. And then Anthony, I started helping with the middle school a little bit when they were younger, uh, and, and then he came along. And then Yahis who I actually coached in, in rec baseball years ago uh, is in that group. They were a special group. You know, they, they were guys that I feel like they maximized their talent for the most part. If you had seen, you know, Brock play in eighth grade and then watched him, you know, in 11th and 12th, you'd go, man, that guy has spent some time in this gym. You know, Jr. I think his best days are ahead of him, but, you know, he's, you know, he, he he's going to be fine. Uh Super talent, you know, as a as a tenth grader, you know, he's one that I flip flop back and forth on moving up. I moved him up. He didn't start the first two games, and then you know the rest of the year he's probably our second best player. Uh, you know, yeah, he's he's gonna be a successful person because he'll just accept any role, any role. You know, he'll whatever you'd ask him to do, he'd do, and you know, whatever his skill level was, he's the one that overcame his skill level to to contribute. And then Anthony, like. You know, what a leader. Like, you, you, 
you know, I joke around. I was like, man, you got to have some kids because you'll be a great dad. You know, you're going to be a senator. You're going to be, you know, whatever. And, he, you know, we laugh and joke. But, you know, probably the most selfless kid I've ever coached. You know, kid, he passes up layups because he trusts the kid in the corner shooting the three more than he does shooting the layup and thinks that's what our team needs, whether it is or isn't, you know, that's not, you know, the norm, you know, he took 30 some charges. That's ridiculous. You know, that's, that's the ultimate sacrifice on the basketball court is to get run over, you know, to benefit your team. And, you know, they're just all going to be missed. You know, you know, I've had, you know, looking at all of them, you know, JR has been on my hip since, since he was six or seven years old, you know, his brother played on the team with, with, Ricky Craniac and those guys, C.J. Williams in 2009. He was a starter on a regional team. Uh, so, you know, I've known those guys a long time. And th- that made them special. And their belief and trust in what we were doing is, you know, probably unmatched. I want to touch on real quick. I, I got a couple things I want to go over. And I, I, we're probably running a little bit long. But you and I could probably talk for hours. But I don't want to keep you here too long. I know you, you need to get to bed. You got tons of stuff you need to do. So just real quickly, if you can, can you touch on the off-season program and just a little bit about the NC State camp uh, experience and some of the other things that we've done? I think the off-season is, is like a checkpoint. You know, it kind of shows you where you are and kind of where you need to go. And, you know, if there's anything else, you know, we picked up from this summer is that we probably need to simplify – a little bit and and put people in positions where they can be more comfortable and it maximizes, you know, what we have, you know, for example, we've always been four out one in, or we've been four out one in for a long time. Well, if you play four out one in, you can't play Carlton and big J together. Well, playing them together is beneficial to our team. So we had to find something, some way to, to, to work them in. We don't have really a true point guard. So we got to find something that, you know, makes us, you know, multi-positional uh, with our with our three guards. So, you know, th- that's what the offseason tells me. I thought we had a great time at NC State. Um, and, and if nothing else, even, even the, you know, we play great for three minutes and then who are you guys for three minutes and then great again. And even for halves at a time, like at halftime, turn around and play an awful half, turn around, play a great half. Uh, I like their competitiveness. You know, I do feel like this group is going to compete, and they better because uh, we're, we're not super athletic, we're not super big, and we're not super talented right now. Off-season workouts, we kind of got to tailor. Uh, it, it's tricky because you kind of got to tailor it to who's there. Uh, and what haven't we worked on in a while? You know, it's tricky when you have 50 minutes uh, cramming different things in. Uh, but I think we've both come to realize that, uh, you know, our individual skill level has to increase, um, number one. And if we can increase it while working on, you know, parts of our offense, breaking down our offense, it, then then we're killing two birds with one stone. But, you know, the season will be there before you know it. And we don't have a ton of time and we still have to get a lot better. Sure, sure. Absolutely. In, in terms of talking about kids that have gotten better, I'm sure some people have seen some social media posts by you with a kid with a, a championship belt that it looks like that has some Bruin uh, stickers on it. 
Can you explain what that belt means and what you have to do to earn that belt from the players that are wearing it? Well, I'd like to do a couple more things. You know, I think I'm going to do the hard hat again that we had done uh, because I I don't think we got a lot of, like, you know, guys that just want to box out and rebound and dive on the floor. I think we got a couple, but, you know, I think we need to incorporate that one too. But the belt – it's something I had seen done in, in different places. I think uh, Virginia Tech, I think Buzz is the first one I really saw it with, and guys were taking crazy pictures with the belt on. But, uh, you know, I want to get a belt. The belt goes to the champ. Like, who wears the belt? You know, I could go through the, you know, diamond ring wearing, Rolex wearing. <laughs> but I'm not. But, uh, you know, you the, don't, to be the man. You just got to gotta keep those gators down. That's right. I'm having a hard time. But, you know, the, the the guy that outworks everybody right now is the champ. Like, who wants it the most? You know, who's, who's going to put in the most time? Who is texting me on the weekend to get in the weight room in the gym? You know, who asked me what things they need to work on? And the thing is, it's, you know, it, it's a sad world where it's been uncool to be a hard worker. You know, I ever heard somebody saying uh, – yeah, I'm, I'm good enough right now, or I'm not going to be a kiss-up and come to every workout. Okay, well, guess what? You're not going to be very employable, okay, and it's it, it, you're going to struggle to be successful with, with that mentality. And and that belt, that belt says, you know, I was the guy that put the most time in and grinded and had the most success. And, you know, honestly, like, you know, I've spread it around a little bit, but, you know, three out of the five months has, has been the same guy, basically. And I gave it to a group. But until somebody outworks Brad Harold, then he, he'll wear the belt. And probably be the CEO that will fire the guy that doesn't think he needs to That's come right. to his meetings. Yep, because yep, he's too cool. Yeah, I, I, I love Brad. Uh, love to. We could do a whole segment on Brad, too. He's one of the Chad Pinnell type kid that I think you're going to look back on and really appreciate the time that you spend. I certainly appreciate the time that I spend with Brad because he's a kid that listens to you and he implements as as best as he can. Um, There's, there's, there's one thing I really want to touch on with you coach before I go to rapid fire that, um, you know, I know you could talk on forever, but as much as you can sum this up, I think this is something people really need to hear that listen to this. Uh, to understand all the stuff that you do. And if you could take me through a busy day-to-day of an athletic director at Camden County. Um, like, how does your day start? Like, just run me through a real quick day. All right, let, let's say this Wednesday, prepping for... What time are you getting up in the morning? What time are you at school and what time are you doing workout? Get to get to get up at five fifty, get to school at six forty, make sure the gym is ready for a basketball workout. Start the basketball workout, six fifty five, seven ish. Work the kids out about seven fifty, send them the shower. It's about seven fifty, get the weight room and the gym ready for my first period physical training class. Uh teach that class. That class will last until 9.30. At 9.30, Bruin Success comes in the gym, which is 300 kids going crazy from 9.30 to 10. I'm going to stop you right there. 10 o'clock on this game week Wednesday. Let me stop you right there at 9.30.
How many calls and texts have you received already? Do what? At 9.30, how many calls and texts have you already received? Uh, I don't know. A ton. And emails. Okay. Um, crazy. But anyway, okay. 10 o'clock, I get my what's called uh, sports management, which I like to call team country. This group isn't as country as they've been in the past. And I would, if I didn't cut and sweep the field on Tuesday, I got to cut and sweep the field and we start prepping for game week. Um, I cut and sweep. That takes probably an hour and a half. Now we're, now we're looking at 1130, 1145. I beg Coach Sunberg to spare me Trent Nixon, who is my A1 guy. All right. And we go pull strings so we can do the entire football field, all, the whole grid. Uh, and that's, you know, I've, I've already marked it and measured it from previous weeks. So we just got to pull the string and lay the lines down. That takes about two hours. Um, might have a home volleyball game that day. So we got to go get that concession stand ready uh, for the game, get the tickets, get the money boxes. Volleyball game this happened. This volleyball game, volleyball game in about 6.30. We probably got a home soccer match that starts at 6.00. Ends at 7.30, walk the officials to their car, come on home. So that's a that's a typical home football game week Wednesday. So it's safe to say for the two or three games that's going on, if I'm a parent and my kid didn't get on the field because they didn't come to practice or they're not doing what they should or they're not good enough, I can call you around 8. Right, and I, I can – your volume is kind of going down a little bit. I can't hear you as good. Sorry. <laughs> I was saying, I was saying, if my kid hadn't practiced or hadn't been there or doesn't deserve to play, really, I can call you around eight when all that's over. Well, it, it's usually an email. It's usually not a call um, <laughs> because you you can type all kinds of mean stuff in an email that you might not say over the phone. <laughs> all right, coach. Hey, I'm gonna get you out of here in the next couple of minutes, man. You ready to play rapid fire? Yeah, I can barely hear you though. I don't know what's going on. I got my volume turned up, and I got you as close to my phone as I can. Is this any better? You with me, Coach? You still there? Uh-oh. We might have to cut it short. If so, I will bring him back on the segment. All right, I got Coach Arnley back. Folks, I'm sorry about the mix-up. Letting you know about the insight on our Groundhog Day joke is that we've been trying to do this for hours, and that's just to show a little bit more commitment 
for what Coach Harnley does and, and is willing to do and his patience level. We've been trying to do this interview now for, I would say, four hours or so or close to. Uh, Coach, I got you on the line. We're good to go now. Yes, we got to go quick. My wife made some amazing ribs that are waiting to be devoured. Folks, we got the pressure on, and I don't have a groundhog reference for ribs. So, Coach, we're going right into rapid fire. You ready to roll? Yeah, let's go. All right. Ali or Tyson? Ali. Favorite Steeler of all time? Lynn Swan. The Mount Rushmore of basketball all time. Can be coaches or NBA players. Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, James Naismith. Okay. Uh, first Camden basketball player to beat you in a game of one-on-one. You, you See, that's ridiculous. Ed Rom. Yeah, there we go. Uh, you you got to say the name. That's all we wanted, Coach. Correct. Okay, Jor Jordan or LeBron? Jordan, come on. What game show would you most likely win? Every one of them. <laughs> Could you and Bladen win the game show The Amazing Race together? We would probably kill each other, but, yes, we would kick everybody's ass. All right. Uh, you're also the first person to curse on my podcast. I'm what sorry. Is, <laughs> that's that's for emphasis. <laughs> what is your signature meal that you would cook for your wife? You can't say ribs. <laughs> that I would cook for her? I can't cook. Yes, yeah, scrambled come up eggs. With something. She says scrambled eggs. That's all I can make is egg pro eggs. All right, eggs. All right, Terminator or Predator? Ooh. Yeah, I got to go Predator. I can hear Melissa in the back. Love you, Melissa. All right. Favorite favorite movie theater snack? Raisinets. Who is the real boss of your household? My wife. Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan? Ric Flair. Come on. Woo! No uh, question. Where did you meet Melissa for the first time? In, in the jewelry store she was working in. Okay. Your favorite TV show of all time? Ooh, of all time, the White Shadow. White Shadow, what is that? Google it, youngster. All right, fair enough. Your most Hulu. Your most proud Drew moment. Most proud Drew moment. <laughs> I was very happy that day when she quit dance. <laughs> If you were on one of those survival shows, would you rather be left in the jungle or ref left in the middle of the ocean on a raft? Jungle. Okay. Will USA win a World Cup in your lifetime? Never. Never. Okay. Who is the all-time Pine Street leading basketball scorer? Ashley Miller, which was Ashley Winslow. You've lost your mind. Lost your mind. However... That's good enough for you to be out of rapid fire, Coach. I appreciate your time. Appreciate your wife's time in the background providing you with some of those hard-crunching answers. Um, <laughs> hey, enjoy those so much for enduring like three hours of us figuring this out and getting it done, and I will see you in the morning. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, stay on the line for just a second for me, Coach. Again, folks, that's right. uh, Camden County head coach.
for basketball, Mark Harnley, also athletic director. Also, if you don't love this guy, you need to get behind him because he does everything for your community, and you're going to miss him when he's gone. Thank you so much, Coach Harnley. Look forward to the next show. We've got Coach Blood coming on tomorrow to talk Camden football. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a good night.